You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Tegan, I help connect businesses with tech talent and today I'm your host. I'll be joined today by Johan, Sebastian, Saigar and Hans to discuss the topic of hybrid work models. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Johan, would you like to kick us off? Yes, thank you very much, Tegan. Uh, my name is Johan. Uh, I'm a data engineering consultant at Binovera uh, here in Stockholm. Previously worked within finance and I'm currently working at a big international clothing retailer uh, here in Sweden. Fantastic. And Sebastian, we'll head over to you next. Yes, hello. Uh, my name is Sebastian. I work for Free Trade. Uh, my job is to build up the engineering competence at Free Trade, who is taking on the whole of Europe uh, from from UK, actually. Brilliant. And Sagar? Yeah, hi, everyone. I'm Sagar. I work as software development manager at CFEED, which is one of the world's leading molecular diagnostic company. Uh, we have a test for uh, uh, COVID, TB, and all the genetic disorders. Brilliant. And Hans? All right. Yes. Uh, my name is Hans Sandstrom, and I am uh, newly appointed CTO at a company called Breed Ventures, where we work to improve like uh, the workflows of uh, bigger companies and help out in, uh, startups with getting off ground, kind of. Fantastic. Well, now that we've established a context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. Now, you all have a question or statement surrounding hybrid work model. As usual, I'll work my way around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reason behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to, you know, give your take on the situation and how you would deal with a certain situation. So let's start with Johan. And your question was, how can employers help their employees not to overwork in a hybrid work model. Given that there are a lot of studies showing that employees, especially within the tech industry, work more hours while working from home since the lines between personal and business life are more blurred now than before. So Johan, if you could just delve into that a little bit further for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, this is a topic that I'm, I'm really, um, that I really like. Uh, I personally had the opportunity to actually look into this kind of data at one of the companies I work at uh, by looking at Slack data, uh, for example, how we use Slack at work. And uh, basically uh, to see that uh, comparing the data between uh, before and after the pandemic struck and people started working from home, there was there were a clear line that people started actually working or actually using Slack early in the morning um working more during the lunch taking shorter lunches uh, as well as working um with after the working hours uh, were done as well for example if uh, before the pandemic it, uh, you could see kind of a clear decline after about five or six that people actually stopped working but now it's uh, it kind of like dwells uh, further into eight or nine before it actually um, drops before, mm -hmm. uh, below a certain threshold um, and this is also something that other companies, such as Atlassian, uh, which has Vera and other tools that have uh, looked into as well and could see the same same things. Um, they had a bit more like uh, more numbers on it. Uh, for example, in Sweden, they could see that we are working an average 25 minutes more than before. Uh, in the UK, there were about 30 minutes uh, more working uh, hours during the day. 
for example. Um, so, um, and while I was actually digging through this data, you could also see like um, a lot of um, different traits that, for example, even though people were like uh, messaging during the lunch hours, um, they were actually messaging in some of the social channels uh, on Slack mm. that were uh, at the company, which a bit refreshing though. I mean, people were posting uh, pictures of their pets and so on. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm also victim of, of like taking shorter lunches while working from home because ultimately you don't really have any anyone to talk to at the at the coffee machine. Um, so it's quite natural that you just go back to mm. the computer and continue working, or perhaps even work while you eat as well. Because I mean, um, even uh, it's, it, you miss a lot of the social aspect while working from mm. home, um, which which. Um, um, which I think uh, hits a lot of people as well, uh, uh, not only in, in the tech side of the, uh, of the business. Um, so, and this is also some, I mean, even though I'm bringing the question up, I don't really have like a clear answer to this, of course. This is something I'm, I'm really interested to hear from other people, especially you uh, that actually work a bit more uh, as a managerial role at companies as well. Uh, I mean, this is something I, I noticed I'm thinking of, uh, that I'm uh, working longer hours, um, but um, uh, I'm also interested to hear, like, for, um, for example, you, Hans, um, mm. how, how you would uh, tackle this issue to make sure that the employees actually work uh, like regular hours and not mm. trying to overwork themselves. Yeah, first of all, I think this is a very, very good, good question that you bring up and you pinpoint something very interesting. Uh, and I mean, I can go back just a bit before the pandemic even broke out. And I remember that uh, there was a huge discussion back then when people wanted to work from home to get like, you know, peace of mind, because today we sit in open areas and it's really hard maybe to concentrate as a developer. And there's always the expectation that somebody can approach and talk to you. But then allowing people to work from home, there was sort of the expectation. And this came mainly from people themselves when we had these discussions that they brought up that they felt they had to be online to prove that they were actually working. And the point being, you should be at home to get work done, not to prove that you're working. So I think that's what you need to go, go back to. I mean, sometimes you're expected to be on call earlier because you know that you would be in front of a computer because you don't have a commute. So I think the first thing to approach this would be sort of to discuss it and how we use these tools. And that it should be okay to be sort of online discussing in the, in the social channels whilst not, you know, looking into what happens in the tech channels. So that would be one way just to, you know, make everyone aware that this is could be a thing and that you should approach it. Number two is I think some people actually prefer it. I mean, I'm in this category myself. If I have Slack on, if I see that there is there are no messages in the, in the um, uh, event channel where something, go, we, we go, something goes wrong, that makes me feel better. <laughs> so it, it's also that, but in the end, we have to sort of make sure that you can be able to check out and you, you want to be expected to be there and that you don't get really brownie points by just, you know, being there every Friday night instead of, you know, being able to slack off. So it's important to discuss this, raise this and make make sure that if there is an expectancy, this should be part of the work plan and you should, should get some credit for, for this and uh, benefits for this, that you're actually working extra hours and you're putting in the work late at night. Now, of course, there is a difference by uploading a picture of a cat and, you know, resolving some issues. So that, that has to be taken into account as well. But it's a very, very interesting thing. And I mean, I don't really have any 
like prerequisite rules or anything like that. It just think like it's something that has to be raised as a discussion within teams and across teams, how we manage this and what the expectations are. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, one of the things that I that uh, I was uh, uh, happy to see, perhaps the wrong word, but that was actually that uh, this, uh, as, as you mentioned as well, that this is actually being highlighted. I mean, um, in, in the article that Lassian wrote, they, mm. they, they also started with that they had a sense that they were working longer hours, but they couldn't really prove it in any way until they actually did this study to see the actions distributed over a work day, for example. Mm. Uh, so now they actually know that, all right, then, and, and this was business was, this wasn't just within the Atlassian company, this was within all companies using Atlassian's products, uh, mm. which makes uh, gives them a really good distribution of users. Um, and, um, mm. um, and I think this was done in like May or June, 2020, so quite early as well. So hmm. uh, they were early, early involved uh, to actually see that, all right, that people are actually working longer hours. And I don't think, uh, from what I've seen, uh, studies, they haven't, this hasn't been really been, um, this has been going on as well um, during the whole pandemic or as well as people working from home. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm interested to hear from, yeah, Cigar, uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, uh, very good point, Hans. Uh, I mean, I think um, there, uh, uh, when it comes to hybrid work model, you know, there has to be a little bit uh, change in the mindset as well. You know, people need to, uh, many managers or, you know, many leaders, they need to understand that, uh, you know, your presence cannot be uh, uh, equal to your productivity or the hours you put it uh, cannot be directly correlated to your output, you know. Uh, the focus has to be mainly on quality rather than how many hours someone is uh, putting in. And even as a manager, uh, with with the pandemic coming in and with the ways we work now, uh, it's more important uh, for manager to be, you know, well connected with his uh, associates more than ever right now. I mean, uh, manager needs to be aware who is maxed out, you know, who is putting in uh, extra hours. And I, I also think you need to set the expectations very uh, clearly with your associates as well. I mean, you need to tell them that they are not expected to be available 24 by 7 and encourage them to, you know, just switch off that always on mode. Uh, uh, because, you know, when your manager or some senior leaders in the company, they work long hours, maybe people feel little peer pressure to be online and reply, reply uh, to them. I mean, as a manager, if I have to sometimes write a mail uh, outside of the office hours, just putting a, you know, uh, a footer that, you know, I don't expect the reply to be immediate, but uh, on the next working day helps. And um, and one important point I want to make that many people miss is, you know, uh, it's always like, uh, we, uh, we say that my manager is uh, calling me after hours, but uh, people need to understand this hybrid work model is a, is a shift for managers as well you know uh, not everyone's managing style is going to suit hybrid uh, hybrid work model so it's very important that we train managers companies train managers and you know uh, to foster employee well-being and give them proper tools to you know track how if someone is uh, like working extras so this is also an important point to consider I think we've had some great takes on it so far. Um, surprisingly, you're both coming from the same standpoint. I feel like they were both very different though. Sebastian, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think uh, this can be approached from a few different angles. So 
like if you start with yourself, you have a little bit of own responsibility to take in the area. You actually need to get good yourself at working from home, which is sort of a broad uh, concept. But uh, what it boils down to is to to really be able to separate work from home. So this can be a physical thing that you have just a room where you work and do nothing else. So you don't blur the lines because that's that's what it comes down to. I think that's the root cause to why people work more now working from home also that uh, or not the root cause, but one of the root causes uh, that people blur the lines and say like, you know, let's just work a little bit more. You know, I'm at the computer. It's, you know, uh, the the separation is not as clear as putting on your jacket and going home so you might need something physical like you need to put on a hat when you're working and then take it off when you're done working to really like signal to yourself that i'm done working now uh, and another thing might be to um, s stop uh, chasing hours and if you can help to highlight the impact that you're doing maybe the the amount of hours uh, or, or the pressure that you put on yourself for the amount of hours could be uh, east uh, burden wise. Uh, another thing you can do is to sort of establish a contract with your company or make sure that the company establishes a contract with the people. Uh, for instance, like, like it's been mentioned that uh, the company does not expect answers after a certain hour so that you sort of take away the, the expectation of that from the people uh, and the company has to enforce these kind of behaviors and make sure to highlight if someone breaks it, you know, did you have a, you're doing it time and time again, is there a good reason and, and help people because, you know, you get, uh, you get blind to some of these things. Uh, and then you might need some mechanisms to, to enforce a healthy balance here. Uh, one of the most obvious ones is just to turn off notifications during evening hours or during non non-working hours and you know have a separate work phone and separate work computer so you really make sure that you you set the boundaries of what is work and what is private life okay fantastic i feel like a massive thing in everything that everybody said has been discipline um and i think discipline is is huge when working from home of course you need to know when to kind of separate yourself from that a lot of people have distractions at home maybe kids or a partner or or like you said johan pets um i know that evolution we have um we use slack we use slack that obviously johan was talking about i'm sure you're all familiar um because we have that for for within our team but we also have a whatsapp group chat you know and that's how we separate and that's how we differentiate between what is work and and what is home life um but johan maybe just to to kind of round us up and summarize that how do you feel do you feel a bit clearer on that point now yeah absolutely i mean this is i i don't really think there will ever be a solution that fits uh, every company or even every employee for this case. Um, but it's very interesting to hear what other people have to say about this, because I mean, even though Sagari um, said as well, it's it's also something that affects managers, not just employees, which I think is important to highlight in this case, um, that everyone is affected by this, not just uh, the employees that work in longer hours. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think it does impact everybody in the team, no matter hierarchical position or standpoint or views. Um, you know, you are very much right in saying, Johan, that there is never going to be a strict right way to do this. It's finding what works essentially best for your team, um, which I think ties in nicely with um, our second question. So, Sebastian, we'll come to you next. And your question was, are there any scenarios where hybrid teams just won't work now if you could elaborate on this a little bit further for me yeah sure it was just a, a question to sort of raise a discussion around that that um there are many things where solutions are sort of brought out throughout time like the way we work we invented agile and scrum to sort of uh, help people get into a certain pattern and uh, other ways within engineering that has evolved over time, but sometimes you sort of hit a wall. Uh, like, let's say we, we probably will always have a problem bridging uh, enormous differences in time zones. So when when does this hybrid setup not really work? When is it advisable to uh, to uh, to keep in mind that it that it makes the situation harder. Okay, fantastic. Um, well, it de you definitely have raised a point of discussion. Um, Hans, we'll come to you first. What what do you think on this? Right. Yeah. Again, a very good question. I think, but uh, it's it's hard to say. Uh, exactly what the triggers are because it depends so much on the people and the exact setup of the company and all these sort of habits that you come in with but i mean it when it really wouldn't work i think is when it's when you have somebody working on obviously machinery or things that you have to be physically uh there to to work with uh so if you're in you know, electronics or mechanics or anything like that, and there are a lot of touch points on that, then it's really tough to to make it work. Or maybe it works for part of the team. Maybe it works uh, partially for for uh, some people to, to be hybrid. Uh, but at, at some point, it's going to be really hard when you need access to, to that machinery unless you can move it and get it uh, working from it, working with it at home. So. I think that's one limitation, obviously, the, the physical one. But if you consider to make things a bit more difficult, uh, a software product, uh, then I think um, it's going to be more of a cultural thing when hybrid work and wouldn't work. Because, I mean, obviously, you touched upon this you know, as well with the really massive time zone differences. But if you make, you, you can make that work uh, as well if you're willing to and if you're having a team that's sort of adapting to each other's needs and uh, you can uh, find other ways to communicate. Uh, it's really possible and you can actually be something that strengthens. I think I'm aware of a few uh, occurrences when companies have actually used these time differences to their advantage. And that's really when it becomes super interesting, but it requires high level of handoffs. And to do this in a good way, you really need to do what we talked about before, which is the discipline here. But uh, Otherwise, I think it comes down to when an organization is not a, like willing or interested or capable of adapting, and that's when it wouldn't work. But otherwise, I couldn't really see uh, any limitations for a software company to, to make it work. 
OK, fantastic. Um, so I think you definitely came from a standpoint there of essentially if the actual job that you're trying to carry out is more hands on and it's a, it's a little bit more physical, um, then, yeah, I think I think you, you're definitely correct. Um, but it's interesting to hear, obviously, you know, culturally how how you also think it may be a challenge. And I think that's definitely something to, to talk further on. Sagar, what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, uh, just to add on to what Hans say, like uh, for my company, in uh, many of uh, many of the verification that takes place, that has to be on instruments uh, that that uh, which does actual testing for example uh, for covid or for tuberculosis or for any other diseases so sometimes it's become really difficult you know for people to work from home because they need access to the uh, to the machines um, uh, but i mean uh, one more point i want to you know focus uh, you say uh, as you said uh, uh, when we take into uh, the account the culture of the company you know one important thing that comes to my mind is like something called as a proximity bias you know generally when you see people around uh, you are uh, like you are more connected to them and, and you know uh, it's a natural instinct that is a part of our cognitive decision making so uh, leaders or managers have to be very uh, very careful that they don't uh, uh, don't uh, do accidental biasing where you, you know when you see people around or when you uh, i mean in workplaces we are most connected with the people who sit besides us so you know people who work remotely more often they might feel that they might lose on promotions or you know good opportunities and people who come to office more more often uh, will get good opportunities so uh, as leaders uh, this is one point we need to be very careful of uh, rather than this i mean uh, again i think it's more of a mentality change that needs to go in and uh, i don't see any other reason where it can fail but it's more uh, how mentally or uh, how adaptable the company is. Okay, so yeah, I think that's a I think that's a um, a massive point to bring up. Really, you know, in terms of kind of implementing initiatives and things like that, and flexibility with hybrid working, it really does depend on the company. Now we work with companies that are startups. We obviously work with huge companies as well. You know, which which some of you belong to now. It really doesn't depend how big or little the, the, the company is. It, it really does depend on the company values and whether or not they would prefer you guys to, to be at home or whether they really think they're going to get the best out of you at home. Now, from a manager's point of view, I'm sure you guys are thinking, you know, I, I know that I'm going to get the best out of my, my team wherever they feel most comfortable. And I think that's something definitely to the, you know, could be adapted to more and could definitely be taken into consideration more. Um, but for sure, Johan, how do you feel about this? Yeah, this is um, when I first heard the question, I also started thinking like, are there any physical uh, restrictions that could prevent people from actually working in a hybrid work model? Um, the, the initial thought I was for like, yeah, for example, DevOps people working with on-prem service, but I mean, most most companies today are like even have uh, work with cloud provision services anyway. So, I mean, it's kind of amazing just re reflecting on it that you, like you're managing a bunch of service and you can just sit in your home doing that. I and mean, that would be possible 10, 15 years ago. Um, but from experience, what, what I uh, learned from, uh, from groups of people having difficulties working from home, that's kind of like, work with is some kind of regulations preventing you 
uh, working from different locations because you handle sensitive data, for example. I mean, that's also like almost a physical restrictions because you're not really allowed to work from home. Uh, that will always be a difficulty. Um, but then again, um, um, from from locations where I felt like um, it's it people working from home can be a bit hindering. It's been like when some people are working. Uh, on site on in, in the office and some people are not and there's still some expectation for collaborations between the between the people then if the majority of people are in the office then the minority of people working from home can often be a bit uh, feel left a bit left out i think um, because i mean uh, even though technology has caught up quite amazingly in the last two years uh, with meeting technologies just as we are using right now for example um, it's still it still has still doesn't really have the the uh, same spirit as being in the same room while working but still something you have to be aware of while working um which is uh, has been really important as well um so yeah um but it's it's uh, it's very hard question uh, to to get a hold of i think it is a hard question and i think that you know you've all done a great job of of kind of providing the guidance there in conclusion, Sebastian, how do you feel? Um, you know, how do you feel about the responses? Yeah, really good responses, and I would say that the question was asked to sort of ra raise the the question if there are any big pitfalls that people have seen, uh, which can be good to look out for. But it feels like that the answers are in line with really uh, pragmatic situations of you're not able to do the job physically remotely and uh, cultural issues with adapting the mindset and that there is limitation in cooperation in a uh, in a scenario where it's really hybrid and not remote first like there's five people in the office cooperating and five people at at home and i would say that's probably one of the most like hidden scenarios where it works bad uh, that needs to be culturally addressed so it doesn't go go in that direction. OK, fantastic. So I suppose my question for you, Sebastian, would potentially be, so do you feel that that hybrid working has the desired effect? Um, I would say my angle on it is that the last two years have sort of validated that hybrid work works and if done correctly works better than maybe traditional work in, in many ways because it really brings up the quality of life uh, for a lot of people. Uh, we're also discussing now the, the downsides potentially, but uh, uh, as long as you have those in check, a lot of people has gotten a lot of upsides. So I would say that that, that validates it towards uh, the right kind of uh, organizations. Yeah, of course, I, I completely agree. That was just, it was kind of more of an information piece for the listeners as obviously we are kind of highlighting the cons, but, you know, we also know that there are numerous pros to, to, to hybrid working and it has been proved over the last kind of year or two that it without a doubt does work, um, especially when it's implemented, you know, effectively and, and in the right way. Granted, in some situations, it, it's physically impossible, physically impossible, sorry, for, for people to hybrid work. But if you can, 
it, it definitely does work. Um, okay, fantastic. Well, moving on, I'm, I'm really, really interested to, to hear your guys' take on this question. And it is Sagar's question, and that is, how do we make sure the productivity doesn't suffer? Now, this is something that has actually been brought up recently in a recent meeting of our own. So I'm really, really keen to to kind of get your get your opinions on this. Sagar, maybe you could delve into this a little bit further for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I'll put my questions in two parts. So first is uh, the productivity. So uh, I want to uh, I want to understand from you people, how do you correlate the productivity and burnout like there are in most of the research that were done with hybrid model like uh, there were high reports of people getting burnout and that and what what was interesting that you know the productivity was not directly um, proportional to burnout even people who were highly productive but they reported uh, a lot of burnout during uh, this time and um, that burnout was mostly with respect to digital burnout and most of the people complain you know having a lot of video calls over the days like uh, is one of the major burnout factors that they feel um, so how do we handle that and um, also uh, i want to uh, know like uh, uh, you know at the start of uh, hybrid working model most of the companies uh, um, uh, they found it as a great success uh, mostly because you know there were people who had already worked with each other but uh, as soon as you know people started leaving and new people started coming in uh, that time companies started facing challenges used to you know how to um, uh, how to inculcate the company values into new employees or you know how to make them feel part of the group so i would really like to hear uh, your opinions on this Fantastic. I think you've definitely given us um, numerous points to discuss there. Johan, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on this. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, um, this kind of aligns a bit with the question I had as well. Um, um, because, I mean, given that um, comparing um, productivity and like uh, overworking and people being burnt out, for example, I myself uh, know from experiences that often had day with a lot of meetings that um, while being on site sure you would be a bit tired but working sitting uh, in offices in front of the computer for all day you kind of feel a whole nother sense of tiredness from just watching a screen all day um, I, I'm, I'm a bit interested about this as you mentioned like um, um, difficult of people being included and feeling the company culture um, I mean uh, I, I almost felt like there's been two different kind of company cultures, one physical and one online, for example, in Slack, that has been a separate kind of online culture, not like that doesn't align with the company culture, but you had some kind of kind of spirit of feeling um, in there. Um, and also as part of like having uh, feeling some kind of belonging uh, inside a team, um, also think it's difficult. We, uh, fr from my experience that we used to do um, in our pre my previous teams at work, we kind of had like either uh, online meetups where we tried to like play some games and um, um, to, for example, scribble uh, or um, other kind of games just to make sure that we had some fun together as well because we were all, always kind of missing out on that while we we're always just having meetings for productivity's sake um, and not like, for example, when you can just stand by the coffee machine and, and talk, not really work related stuff. We also had allocated meetings where we weren't allowed to talk about work, for example. Um, 
which we, uh, it was a bit hard and felt a bit forced at the beginning, but it kind of worked out in the end. Uh, you had to, we had to bring your own topics that you had to talk about, otherwise it wouldn't work in the, in the beginning. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And then eventually we had occasional physical meetups as well when it was uh, allowed for as well. Uh, so I think that kind of helped for getting people up to speed with the company culture. And, I, and even in the pandemic, I worked with people for one year without actually ever meeting them physically because they arrived at the company during the pandemic. So it was kind of nice, um, almost a re revelation to see like the, how tall people are when you work with them for about a year, <laughs> seeing how they actually look like in real life. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's um, but I think this is something that also not, nothing, not something that one solution fits all team, uh, for example, but, um, from from my experience, everyone every team I talked to has had different ways of, of doing this, which is uh, kind of refreshing as well to see that you actually thought about it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's hugely refreshing to hear how other teams adapt and how they, you know, kind of resize and and you know jig around the, the actual team structure to help make this work. I really do support each other in that. Hans, what what's your take on this? Yeah, uh, so again, uh, very difficult, but very good question. Uh, but I see it as uh, something that another take on leadership is needed here, uh, because a lot of responsibility lies on leaders uh, when it comes to this, because to maintain a high uh, productivity, uh, it also means that you have to have a high motivational, you have in, in the group, they have to buy into what's going on. So from from my point of view, it it really goes with to um, to help the team leads and the teams themselves and the scrum masters to feel they have the power to all right we're not going to get further on this we have to take a take a break or we have to do like other ways to to uh, get get beyond certain peaks of problems in 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 communicating in in, in a team because it's really hard to predict and it's really hard to solve with like once a week coffee or something like that. So throwing in, you know, things like uh, walks and talks or actually, you know, meeting up and having a, uh, an online session when needed instead of sitting and pair programming together instead. Uh, and it could be, you know, when you run into some sort of problem in a channel and you say, solve this in that way, or you have a pull request that, that just can't get past and you have people talking to each other back and forth. Uh, encourage them then to take this discussion and just talk it out uh, straight away and make sure that that's okay to talk. Because what happens a lot of time is that when you're at the office, you can see that another person is unhappy, you can see that another person is gets frustrated by a typical behavior, but behind a keyboard, that's really hard to tell and people uh, are really, it's really tough to communicate nuances in, in by language and it's really you interpret it in the in your current mood and it's always been the case but to keep a high productivity and to keep delivering at a high pace requires people to to deliver closer to their their max right and we deliver closer to your max you're more likely to to show like emotion and things like that so being able to solve these problems quickly is, is fundamental. And if you're at the office, you can do that. Like, I didn't mean anything bad by this, but we have to solve it. It's really easy to see. 
But when you're doing online things, I think you really have to, to make sure that you give people the opportunity to meet up. So having cameras on is one of, one of these things that are really, really a powerful tool. It sounds like really silly, and it was really obvious in the first phase of the pandemic that people preferred having them off. So that was one of the things I was quite tough on. Uh, you need to turn the camera on. And sometimes you had a good excuse, like not to have it on because it may be like really messy. And then they, they came these Zoom things with, uh, you know, the backgrounds uh, and all these things. That's really when technology stepped in because this was probably something that a lot of people were facing. But these are problems that can be solved with tech. But other things are just, you know, when you are starting a new project and you have a workshop, that's always really tough, even if you're in the office. But if you work remotely, this has to be planned even, even more in detail. And you have to remember that things take a lot of more time. So that's really the takeaway here, that you have to plan events and you have to look out for things. And you have to uh, maybe have one-to-ones with each team member more often than you would have in a normal office situation because you can't read them. And these things need to work in order for a team to be efficient. That's what I would say, at least from, from my learnings during the pandemic. Fantastic. And I think, Hans, you know, especially a point that you did zoom in on there was, you know, the kind of idea of being face to face without actually having to be face to face. I think you're right. It definitely does break down a lot of kind of walls and barriers that people, you know, often people might not want to have certain conversations over kind of a computer screen. It is more of an empathetic face-to-face -face conversation, which obviously ties in really strongly with an agile way of working and cross-functional working as well. Obviously, in order for a team to, to really thrive and perform to the best of their ability, it's really important that everyone's on the same page and they understand each other. And most importantly, that, you know, the people in, in, a, in a higher role or in a kind of an, an over overseeing position are approachable and quite often if they ring once and, and you're not able to answer as you're in another meeting or something sometimes it will get forgotten about and you know when we are working hybrid because we are at home it is easy to get caught up in things like that. Um, Sebastian I'll come to you next to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah first on the on the point to sort of keep people sane and avoid uh, burnout I would say that root problems is that you know it's too much work uh, but it's too much work both actively that you actually put into many hours but also passively that you think too much about work and I think that's why it's important to have this clean break between work and private life like I uh, mentioned in the other answer uh, and one of the things you might consider is to think about what are the mechanisms that you have at work to also wind down over the eight hours that you're at work. So, you know, try to at home simulate going to the coffee machine, even though it's your own coffee brewer, uh, stay there for a while, you know, maybe call someone, like can, can we have a coffee chat for five minutes that you would have had anyways at the coffee machine, you know, get water once an hour, you know, just break this uh, focus that is, uh, good as a tool at times, but can be uh, demanding for some people to have too often to have like uh, two perfect four hour focus sessions every day. 
can can be good in the short term for productivity, but in the long term might be might be too heavy. Uh, but otherwise, you know, as uh, other people have replied, try to complement that. You know, do do more teamwork. That that's a way to to bond with the team and make the work uh, meaning meaningful. You know, more than usual. If you would use a few hours per week to do teamwork, and then on your own, you know, try to try to double that or at least increase it a lot, uh, so you get that camaraderie and and purpose together and uh, and feel connected to something. Uh, definitely, like no matter what, really try to meet physically at least now and again to re reconnect that emotional, physical connection. Uh, and uh, when you can't do social events online, I think you want mentioned some good examples there that are really good to keep keep the the team spirit going. And when you are remote, uh, primarily or either own remote only or we're heavily remote, you know, these kind of interactions, both professionally with teamwork and uh, less professional with the fun, fun activities, you know, up those investments, do them more often than before, just to keep um, keep the teamwork going and the, and the purpose in the team going. Yeah, I think that's a, f a fantastic point that you make there, Sebastian. Um, we have regular speakers and we have a stand up every single morning. Um, obviously, we're based in the UK, so we run ours um, an hour earlier than the rest of the company, of course. <laughs> we obviously don't want to miss an hour of you guys. Um, so we ensure that we do our stand up an hour before um, everyone else. And then at the end of every week, we'll have a retrospective. Now, obviously, you know, we have some you know minutia to go through how was your day before what have you got planned for today but ordinarily it really is generically about how are you feeling how do you feel that your day is gone do you need anything and how can we help you and I do feel like that's a really good touch point through the week and obviously through the day um, just to kind of understand how everyone's feeling make sure that everyone's okay there's nothing that anybody needs um, so I definitely think that the kind of initiative to introduce um, you know maybe kind of even some people do like a quiz time and things like that to really kind of bring everyone together even if it's just for half an hour in the day to really touch base and and you know get the team all gathered in one place together um so coming back to you then cigar i'd love to hear how you feel the statement went and what you think to the responses i, I mean uh, it was really interesting to hear a uh, lot of different perspectives uh, uh, uh kind of what sebastian mentioned you know to mimic uh, your office environment at home that's quite interesting and i'm certainly going to try that you know just go out to the coffee machine and you take breaks. I think uh, that really helps. Uh, uh, and one more observation I had when I spoke to, you know, my associates that why they are feeling left out. Uh, most of the answers I got, you know, were like they don't know about things. They don't know what's going on. Uh, and uh, with remote working, it's, you know, they don't talk to teams like uh, informally. It's always uh, uh, like meetings. Those are scheduled. Uh, uh, so uh, what I mean, uh, uh, 
when uh, like han said communication is very important so i think even the written communication is very important when it comes to hybrid working model uh, like amazon it was uh, uh, it was remote working well before pandemic as well so they have like no ppts uh, no policy wherein a person has to write all the decisions you know every via uh, certain decision was taken in in detail even uh, github they have like a git issue for every idea and what progress is done on that why something is done and if a new person comes it becomes very easy for them you know to just read go through these and uh, come up to the speed so i think yeah, it was very interesting and uh, i think some of the ideas i'm really going to try out uh, myself and with my team as well fantastic of course that's what we aim for obviously we want you guys to understand different people's perspective on things and try and increase productivity within your day and your business where possible. So I think we've had some fantastic answers there. Hans, we'll come to your question. Um, last but by no means least, your question was the structure of the office within a hybrid system and how to make sure office time is used most effectively. So if you could elaborate on this a little bit further for me, Hans. Yeah, basically, you could you could uh, wrap this question down to to two simple words: uh, push or pull. Basically, to make people uh, come back to the office, there is a lot of people getting pushed back to the office. But uh, I think that what would work better is uh, um, like a way of pulling people back to the office, making it a very attractive place to work from, and not just go to uh, because uh, there is coffee that doesn't taste as well as home. And you know that there it's a bit more crowded, and the, only the extroverts have a fun, have a good time. We need to create like a, a space where this works, and it's becoming something uh, of a of a focus of mine because I think it's really really hard to do. And a lot of a lot of tech companies say they are tech companies and work with tech, but at the end of the day, might not be suitable workplaces for for tech people. So that's really what I would like to to ask you guys how you feel about. It. So essentially, Hans would like to know how we can pull people and lure them back into the office without good coffee. <laughs> Sagar, we'll come to you first. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, the thing that most of the people miss during remote working or hybrid working is connecting with the people. So I think um, if we encourage you know everyone in the team to be in office on the same day, that really helps when people uh, try uh, uh, get a chance to so socialize with each other. And um, you know there. Uh, uh, and when everyone is in office, there should be a clear agenda. If there has to be some brainstorming sessions, uh, which everyone needs to participate in, uh, and we we should encourage people to participate in those so that everyone feels a part of it, a part of the team. And I, I think even when everyone is in office, uh, we should uh, there should be more mentoring or training that should also be the, introduced by the company that will actually uh, that will make people uh, feel come to the office. These are some of the points that I can think of. OK, fantastic. So I suppose really then, um, would you say that you, you prefer being in the office or would you say that you prefer being at home? Um, for me, uh, I am at really prefer uh, uh, being in a hybrid mode where you know I go to the office some days because there are some things you know uh, when you socialize with your team uh, uh, I have I've seen that some issues they get resolved 
quickly when it's you know when you can just go to someone's desk and ask uh, him or her like your doubts or your questions that kind of helps and then i also feel there needs to be flexibility as well like if you're living uh, pretty far off from office uh, commuting like you know an hour one way for each five days again you need to give your employees uh, uh, flexibility as well so for me i think hybrid is the thing that works uh, or i prefer it the most fantastic so johan what's your take on this um yeah um this is also very interesting to 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 think about and, and reflect upon uh, I, I have also experienced with companies trying to pull people back to the office with like trying to offer lunch, free lunches a couple of days in the week um and trying to make sure that people actually get the but there's been like few other incentives to, to actually get people back to for some sense of productivity for example i mean uh, when I go back to the office, I, uh, I I both like being at the office, but also working from home. I mean, while working from home, I've had a bunch more time with my kid, for example, and uh, uh, can make the most out of my day, but I also like to go to the office and in some cases just like feel that I actually am at work and it's easy to drop work when I leave from there uh, as compared to working from home because then you can like the work day just fades out instead of just cutting off uh, by five or six. Um, so uh, what I like is that it's working is that we have kind of had kind of like team days where the whole team goes back to the um, to the office. Um, so we actually get like if we go into the office, I know I'm not going to be alone because if that were the case, it would feel kind of pointless. I mean, I have a nice desk at home as well, so I don't really mind working from there. And if that's the only difference and I also have quite nice coffee as well, <laughs> as you mentioned, that uh, I don't really need to go to the office for that case. Uh, I mean, some people uh, are fortunate enough to, to actually have a good office at home and had before the pandemic struck as well. So the transition for me was kind of, kind of easy. Um, but I mean, um, when when my partner started working from home, we kind of one had to sit at the kitchen table, which wasn't really ergonomic. So then I then I kind of had incentive to go to the office because I had nowhere else to go in that case. Um, but what I'm really interested to see is. Um, <clears throat> um, companies that um, not just adapt their offices to work uh, to be a hybrid work model because <clears throat> now we basically have a bunch of companies that has offices that's had offices before the pandemic and have to make them suitable for a hybrid work model um, but I'm uh, I'm interested in a couple of years to see how will these offices work when there's new companies that started their office from nothing uh, in uh, only with the purpose of trying to have a hybrid work model to see how that would work. Um, but as a direct answer to this, like how the structure of the office need to be in a hybrid system. One thing that I noticed is that when people have meetings while working in the office, people immediately started booking separate rooms for that. They don't have them in the landscape. So immediately when you had to have some meeting, there were literally no rooms available. So that kind of had was something that, um, as I noticed, more than one office need to adapt to create more uh, one person meeting rooms um, because people kind of like started liking to to lock themselves uh, into one room and have meetings myself included because I'm not really comfortable um, having meetings in open landscape knowing I will disturb everyone um, but yeah it will be uh, really interesting to see how how this will uh, progress once this uh, whole hybrid work model starts settle um, and maturing itself 
Yeah, I think you make a fantastic point, Johan. I mean, now that we've established that Johan goes to the office for a break because there's no children there. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, obviously, you know, throughout the pandemic, some companies did choose to um, kind of sponsor people with a workspace at home, i.e. paying for desks and desk chairs to protect people's health and things like that. But at the same time, a lot of other companies who were startups maybe didn't actually do that, um, you know, through funding and things like that. So I agree, it will definitely be interesting to see how, you know, the structure of an actual company that's built itself from nothing within a pandemic when everybody was hybrid working deals with it compared to, you know, obviously companies that were well established already. Um, so I think you make a fantastic point there, Johan. Sebastian, we'll come to you to conclude on this. How do you feel about this? Yeah, sure. And uh, the first question I asked myself is why should we bring people back to the office? And then maybe you can take a, a second, take a deep breath and think about why. And if you don't have a good answer, then maybe it's not that important. But if you have a good answer, uh, use that answer and communicate it to the people so they understand why they should go into the office. Uh, one pragmatic approach that is very practical is, you know, when you're building a new team or uh, a lot of new people are coming on board when you're expanding, then the pragmatic answer is, you know, you want to build a team spirit and the team culture and and do things like that. But, you know, be be very clear in, in communicating why to get people a buy-in instead of, you know, now we have a new policy. That's not usually very, I, I haven't met anyone who's uh, like intrinsically motivated by a new policy. Um, so, but w one good way to to sort of get people back into the office is to ask them what they want, like what would uh, benefit you by going back to the office uh, above, you know, why we want to bring people back to the office a little bit at least, um, or a lot, depending on the goals. Uh, and while in the office, uh, make sure to focus on collaborative tasks, block off the calendar so it's not just uh, hybrid work in the phone booths all day, so you can might as well have stayed at home. Um, and you know, do uh, social activities together. Have make sure that as many people as possible have lunch together. Uh, take coffee breaks. You know, uh, one thing that I <clears throat> one thing that I appreciate a lot about my current uh, employer is that there's a lot of. Uh, like tacit knowledge uh, within a lot of people within many different areas. So I really appreciate having lunch with people who are not uh, specifically engineers, those also, of course, but uh, beyond that, because, you know, you learn a lot of things passively. So uh, a good culture and a good environment is another great motivator to get people back into the office, uh, having accommodating leaders that uh, don't add an extra mental burden on going back to the office and you know sometimes it hel it helps with something something extra you know fantastic coffee in the office a bright location uh, a location close to great restaurants you know sometimes if it's not a big hurdle mentally it's quite easy to maybe get people to just have an excuse for themselves like i might just go in for the for the coffee I don't think anyone will blame you. We have a we have a, an excellent coffee machine in our office. <laughs> but to kind of conclude, Hans, I'll come back to yourself. How do you feel the responses to your questions went? 
Yeah, really well. I mean, uh, a lot of good points, I think, by, by all three. So uh, really interested to hear that. And I think uh, especially your your commentary, Sebastian, of uh, like showing people why and actually communicating that why to everyone is, is super, super good. The policy thing is um, something I really personally do not like. So I think that's a very, very good way of of actually stating it why would we need to be at the office? And a lot of times that it's about coordination, a lot of about that it's team building and making sure that everyone is sort of buying into what's going on. If you're just at home, after a while, you'll feel disconnected and that's not good. So getting the, the connect uh, going again is really important. And also I'd like to add that I've done this myself today and I think this is something that, that's going to be used a lot in the future for a lot of people who are maybe aren't are not already doing it. And that's hybrid days where you maybe work from the office for some hours and then end up at home or vice versa or something like that. Because it doesn't need to be entirely at home or entirely at work. It's important to, to, uh, to, to be able to do both home complete days and work complete days, but also mix them up a bit when needed. But yeah, very good answers from everyone, I think. It gave me a lot of new trails of thought. Fantastic. Well, hopefully all or four of you guys have, have gained some food for thought there. Um, but kind of just to conclude, I would like to finish off by saying, I think the secret to a successful hybrid working model is essentially making the most out of your time and making the most out of both situations, whether you be at home or remote working or in the office. Um, but I think you've all made some fantastic points and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Johan, Sebastian, Sagar and Hans for providing their insights into the topic. And thank you so much for listening. See you next time.